You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treder and Lindsay Adams Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on AGW, we have a very special episode where Laura and I are going to be taking a very close look into the catalog and specifically the bedroom collections of our American girls. I am so excited, Lindsay, especially because we're not looking at just any random catalog. We are looking very specifically at a catalog from summer 1996. So this is like right at the median point between mine and Lindsay's American Girl era. It really is. And for those who are listening right now, we're going to be posting screenshots on our Instagram. So follow along at American Girl women and take a look at what we're talking about right now, but we're going to do our best to describe all of these little vignettes. So you have some context here. Yeah. And shout out to, uh, Lissy and Lily blogspot.com, um, who is the Flickr user who uploaded this <laughs> and many other catalogs. If you want to look at some of the other catalogs that this very gracious, Flickr user has added. I think we can do like a little link to those as well because there's like four or five and they're all amazing. Yeah, we have to acknowledge Lissy and Lily. They are true <laughs> angels. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever they are and whoever they may be, we're so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we are starting with Felicity. We'll go chronologically here and Felicity's furniture, they're all very sturdy looking dark wood with brass accents. And right off the bat, this is rich, like so rich. Mm. Uh, you, you just kind of know that these are all going to be family heirlooms. These are meant to last. Absolutely. I feel like uh, I wouldn't put it past a park and girl to use literal reclaimed wood from the <laughs> 1770s. Um, but That is exactly the vibe of this furniture. It's that almost, I would say even, Lindsay, I don't know if you've noticed this, but that classic American design aesthetic that's kind of coming back into style, like somewhere between like um, minimalism and like colorful maximalism that I feel like we've been seeing kind of a shift to. This is sort of like a, a middle point. It's very traditional, timeless, Um, But like you said, like very rich looking too. like, you know, that you are going to have this for years. I feel like you really couldn't get furniture that wasn't quality during this time because it was all handmade. Yeah, it had to be quality. This is very grand millennial for me. Yes, grand millennial is exactly the word I was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start off with the bed. She has this canopy bed with heavy looking curtains that are red and white gingham with a coordinating 12 blanket and pillow. And in the description, it shares, you can close the curtains to keep out any drafty air at night. And I don't know about you, Laura, 
but growing up, I dreamed of a canopy bed, like Alyssa Calloway from It Takes Two. And this bed doesn't really do it for me. There was nothing I wanted more than a canopy bed when I was a kid. And there were many adjacent approaching canopy like solutions that I feel like my mom and I tossed back and forth until we finally landed on one of those like circular mosquito net type canopies Mm. that you could like (laughs) hang from the ceiling so it was like a wooden hoop with like a big curtain that came down over it over the bed and that thing would fall on me probably like once a week um (laughs) from the ceiling and absolutely like scare my like nine-year-old self to death in my bed when that would happen so a canopy bed I think most of our listeners will agree that that was extremely aspirational I maybe knew one other girl besides Alyssa Calloway from the movie It Stinks to growing up that had a canopy bed. But I agree with you. I think that this is not what I envisioned. It appeals to me now, like from, again, that like grand millennial standpoint, but I was really hoping for a canopy version of like a Samantha bed, which Mm. we'll get to in a bit. But this is giving like minimalism canopy. It's not giving like ornate canopy. Yeah, this is a very serious looking bed and maybe it's all the red that's throwing me off. But even though I had Felicity, this bed never appealed to me. Like I never asked for Felicity's bed and I've seen the bedding set that they had briefly offered for Felicity's bestie, Elizabeth. It was this beautiful like pastel blue and it actually used the same frame from the Felicity's bed, but you could purchase separate bedding for Elizabeth. And I would definitely have been interested in that. Okay, so I did quickly pull up Elizabeth Cole's bedding because I wanted to get an idea of what you were talking about. And I totally see what you mean. Elizabeth's is like a beautiful blue, like flowing, like very escapism more princess-like, more mm-hmm. Marie Antoinette-like, if you will. Exactly. And this is like, well, I mean, again, it's like Elizabeth, her family's loyalist, and Felicity is like a staunch patriot. Her parents are patriot, uh, not her grandfather, famously, but <laughs> <laughs> who among us doesn't have an older conservative relative? But I feel like you really see that come through in the bed styles, like Felicity with this like very minimal and like severe almost like silhouette and then Elizabeth like Mm -hmm. having the same bed but like just way more of a like flowing luxurious like accessory that completely changes the way you look at it. Definitely. I wonder what was going on in like the AG marketing department or sales where they really weren't seeing you know, too much of a move through the inventory where they're like, we need to offer something a little bit more beautiful. Like this is not something our typical customer would like to purchase. Did you know anybody who had this, Lindsay? Because I don't believe I knew anybody that had it. I didn't, no. And I had several friends who had Felicity growing up and no one had the bed. Okay. I also would venture to say, and feel free to disagree, that the bed and the whole like bed vibe with the linens could be made infinitely better if the curtain pattern was matching the comforter pattern 
in this like red and white twall, I think that that would have made it a little bit more appealing to me. I was a freak for twall when I was a kid. Actually, all I wanted was like a pink twall comforter because I went to someone's house and they had one and I was like, I have to have that. And then I made my mom ask their mom where they got it. And the mom was like, (laughs) it was custom because they were rich. So anyway, I did not get a pink twall comforter, but it's the red and white twall comforter is giving me a little bit of what I would be looking for here. And if we could just use that same pattern on the curtains of the bed, I think I would be a little bit more enticed. Yeah, agreed. Also a custom comforter for your child that's pink twall. I can't even imagine. I know. I'm going to have to (laughs) remind my mom about that because it was like, my hopes and dreams being crushed because I knew my mom was never going to get me a custom twall comforter rudely. (laughs) So this bed is priced at $98, which I think is one of the more expensive beds, if not the most expensive bed in the AG catalog. Also, upon looking at this, you know, I have a bit of a bone to pick with the proportionality of the dolls to some of their props. And I don't know that Felicity is proportionate to this bed because she's a doll who's nine years old and she is maybe like a couple inches shorter than the top of the bed where the like post hits the top curtain so are are we to believe that this bed is like five feet tall (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we see this a lot with anything that involves scale with AG where it's just like there's no reason to why sizes were the way they are especially when compared to the furniture or some of the larger animals like it just does not make sense and we'll see this a lot with the different furniture from the girls Truly, I think maybe if we want to move on to her second piece of furniture here, this wooden wardrobe or armoire or what they're calling a clothes press, because apparently colonial homes famously didn't have closets. So people folded their clothes and laid them on shelves and in drawers. So we're getting the historically accurate 1774 version of this heirloom piece for Felicity, which actually this would be great. Great to have in New York because a lot of uh, 2022 bedrooms in New York don't have closets. So I kind of freak for this. Right. So this is over two feet tall and it's $150. But this is interesting. I wonder if it's deep enough to actually fit her clothing in it. You could kind of see her apron peeking out from her birthday dress and a couple white linens. I'm really not sure what they are, but if it's actually functional, that would be really interesting. But again, I don't know anyone who had this growing up. Yeah, I feel like it would be great for, as we get into more of the furniture pieces, for some of them to be functional as storage. But that's one thing that I feel like American Girl never really like got right, at least in my era of liking it, was like there was no piece of furniture or accessory that like could truly hold all of your doll's stuff if you had a lot of stuff like and we'll get to it later but there's like trunks and all these other things but like even Mm -hmm. that not enough space for all those things definitely so then she has like a little bedside table here which is cute it matches 
her other furniture, but wanted to point out some of her nighttime necessities, which include a candle and candlestick, plus a bed warmer to put underneath her sheet so her bed would be warmed up before she got into it. And I don't know, we've talked about this in a future episode, but this could definitely go awry and fire hazard. (laughs) (laughs) These are not the most glamorous accessories by any stretch of the imagination, especially when the other dolls have, you know, significantly more enticing offerings. But I think they're, you know, they're pretty educational for the time. It seems like they serve their purpose and might have related back to the books. I will say that Felicity's uh, mules, which are like her little slippers, really look exactly like the Birkenstock Boston mules that I was (laughs) telling Lindsay about off mic before we started recording the episode. And I actually find those to be kind of chic. (laughs) Yes, they are chic. Let's talk about her outfit. So this is pretty basic, but I don't know. It's, it's pretty. So it's a long gown with lace trimmed puff sleeves and she's wearing a little cap to bed. It's not that cute, but overall the look is pretty decent. Lindsay, you didn't have this nightgown, did you? I didn't. Okay. I just don't think like as a little kid playing with a nighttime outfit for your doll that you're like, gonna want to put a cap on them I never really vibed with any of the American Girl doll hats to begin with so I can't really see myself being super interested in this yeah I was never a hat person but now looking at Felicity's hat and also the separate little cap in her work outfit this reminded me of when I went on a family vacation to Lancaster Pennsylvania talked about in our intro episode how we also went to Colonial Williamsburg so (laughs) a lot of educational vacations went on in my family and aside from getting a lot of souvenirs I also left with like an Amish cap (laughs) Um, I don't know what like the exact name for it might be a bonnet, um, but it was kind of similar to this. It was white and ruffly with a little bow. Uh, This, I don't know, I guess might have appealed to me growing up considering I bought one as a souvenir. That is too funny. I feel like you have enough like flowy white garments in your wardrobe that you could, if you did still have that cap, you could create this outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine. (laughs) I mean, just saying. (laughs) Love it. So we also see two of Felicity's other outfits here. Felicity's work gown, which is a striped beige and blue dress with an apron with a little kerchief to tie around her neck. And again, it has this kind of granny-ish white hat with a green bow, which in the description says it is a must for chores. And I don't think this is anything too special and I wouldn't want it as a one-off necessarily, but if I had most of her wardrobe, I would probably be really into this because it does seem like a traditional colonial outfit and would probably want this to just round out my collection. Yeah, it's not the worst thing I've seen. I think it is at the core of it, like the pattern of the dress is cute. Um, And I like the little sort of like scarf neckerchief or whatever is going on there. Mm -hmm. So definitely not the worst. I don't think I've ever seen a Felicity doll in this outfit though. Like I might have to look it up because I don't think I've ever seen this on the doll. I don't think so either. And you know, and I bet it's even cuter if you took away the apron and kerchief 
but it really does complete the look on this page. And I don't remember ever wanting this. Like my personal style play was never a doll doing housework <laughs> to no. each her own. But it, it probably is cute when you like take away the apron and kerchief. Yeah, like I feel like the only concern I have is like, what if you can't take off the apron? Mm. What if the apron is sewn on? And I'm actually looking, okay, no, it's not. I'm looking at some pictures because I had to see what it looked like and it looks cute on. It would look even cuter without the bonnet and the apron is removable. So you could go from a little day to night for Felicity. (laughs) It's like, you know how like when we were like teens, every or like early like 20s I don't know like peak magazine time Mm -hmm. every magazine was like day to night day to night how we're gonna take you from day to night like you're like for some reason we're never gonna be able to stop at home for anything (laughs) um that's what I feel like this is for Felicity this is a day to night situation we can just rip off that apron and cap and reveal a nighttime ensemble Seriously. Do you remember like maybe it was an American Girl magazine or possibly in Girl's Life where they would have like a two page spread on a capsule wardrobe. So they would give you like five different tops and a couple different skirt options and how to mix and match them for like an entire month. Mm, Yes. Yep. I remember that actually specifically for uh, an American Girl catalog that you purchased for me that had um, a bunch of different outfits one of them was like jeans and a little like knit sweater and a little like knit hat and then like they had like some of those things paired with like a denim skirt instead and it was just like five iterations of like mixing and matching the same accessories (laughs) it's very like uh teen magazine culture I feel like I love it All right, next we have her riding hat and habit. This is like one of the most glamorous outfits in Felicity's collection. It is a forest green jacket with gold accents. So like a gold trim along the bottom, gold buttons and little accents of the collar with a matching ankle length skirt, plus a very fancy three-cornered hat with a feather. Yes, this is really giving like, 100% true colonial vibes and I think like if you were really into Felicity and her story and you know that like she's a horse girl this would have been a must-have in your collection. Very chic. I don't know how practical it is and if the women of that era actually wore this when riding horses but this is really beautiful and it looks Like it was finely crafted. Absolutely. Definitely. They uh, put their whole back into that one. (laughs) Truly. On the very bottom of this page, you could receive Felicity's complete collection for $995, which includes all of the clothing, accessories, furniture, the doll, the books, literally everything. And there is a tiny sticker that says save, but I wish they put the value of this. Thank you. (laughs) Right? Like I'm way too lazy to calculate this, but I wonder if it's that big of a discount that it makes sense just to like buy this outright. And, you know, if you're a parent to just get it all at once and then parse it out to your child over the next few birthdays and holidays and just, I don't know, pray that they're still into Felicity, an American girl, but I'm so curious what the actual value of this would be. 
Me too. And if there's one thing I know from working in sales is that you should always put the value there. I want to know exactly how much we're saving because, you know, if I'm just going to end up buying all this stuff anyway, (laughs) maybe I would be interested. Um, But can you imagine, side note, like being a kid and getting the entire starter collection on your birthday or Christmas or whatever holiday you were receiving it for. I can't even imagine that. That would be so decadent. I think I would have like truly like burst into tears as a child. Like I would have been (laughs) shaking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Shall we move on to Kirsten? Let's do it. So here we have Kirsten. Her bed is a blue wooden platform bed with carved tarts at the head and at the foot of the bed as well. And it has this floral painted design on it. She has a striped mattress and pillow, but- No blanket? I don't don't think she comes with a blanket. God, poor thing. Right? That's gotta be hard in Minnesota. Good luck, Kirsten. No blanket in like the coldest climate, I think of any of the AG gals. And this bed- I mean, this whole collection, talk about like proportions being off. This bed is teeny tiny, low to the ground. And then she has this massive trunk next to her. That's like just about as tall as she is. Yeah, I think that this right off the bat is humbling when you come from Felicity's into Kirsten's. Like we're talking about two very different brackets of income here. You know, you mentioned the trunk and how it's very large compared to the bed and to the doll uh would like to point out that they do say that you can fit both the doll and the bed in the trunk which doesn't appeal to me because that seems very casket like but um that was a selling point of the trunk so that's actually maybe large enough to hold a lot of American girl clothes if it's large enough to hold the doll and the bed inside it but I don't love I don't love that they're promoting putting the doll in there (laughs) I don't love that they're putting the doll and the bed inside. Like some of the other trunks and armors that we see later on, you could fit the doll inside, but I believe this is the only one that the bed fits inside as well. Right. And that just seems a little off. Yeah. I think that the bed being in it is why it's giving coffin to me, but yeah, I mean, in every other way though, the trunk is great because you can hold a lot of stuff. It's very expensive at $155. You're really breaking the bank on that compared to her bed, which I think is only 55. Yeah. Her bed is quite inexpensive. The trunk is a bit more and I could see why it's like this massive piece of furniture, especially compared to the other furniture in her collection, but something doesn't seem right with this. No. She has a cute bedside table that matches the bed and her necessities include a foot stove, which I don't know, Laura, how about a blanket before a foot stove? Why would they ever give her like something to keep her warm that isn't a blanket first? Like, I don't (laughs) understand. Seriously, this seems like another thing that could go awry with like filling something with coal and seeing where that leads you Um, yeah can I ask like how does the foot stove work like you fill it with hot coals and it gives off heat but like where does it go I have no idea 
I have no idea. Like if anyone has heard of this, please let us know. This seems dangerous. And it's like, if something is hot enough to warm your feet, like I can't imagine that the heat will last too long on your feet. And if it was like a blanket warmer or something a little bit more practical that would like keep the heat a little bit longer on something, but putting your feet on something hot sounds a little painful. And I don't think it's long lasting. No, no, no. I did a little research before this episode about homes having electricity in this era. And I read that in 1925, only half the homes in the U.S. had electricity, which is absolutely unfathomable to me. Like we're a hundred years out from that today and only half of the homes had electricity. Whoa, what? Isn't that crazy? 1925? 1925. That seems so dark-sided because like people could literally go to the movies in 1925 like and they didn't have electricity in their homes. That is mind-blowing. I know. I mean, it could be wrong. It could be like the first like Wikipedia article I saw that is completely reporting wrong information. We never say that we're reporting the facts on this podcast. No. <laughs> Who knows? But <laughs> wow, crazy. But this makes me want to like ask my mom if her grandparents always had electricity because <laughs> they were born in the early 1900s. So th- they would have been peak in this time to not have right. till now. Right. I imagine people like in the cities and surrounding areas would definitely have it, but maybe further out, maybe in Minnesota, let's say. That's true. I do feel like a lot of people lived in more like rural areas and that could be accounting for the high percentage of non-electric homes. Right. I mean, I do famously remember an episode of Downton Abbey where they switched to electricity in Downton Abbey and everybody being like against it because they were like so worried about like the fumes. (laughs) I imagine Samantha definitely had electricity. Totally. Right as it came out. Yeah, absolutely. Should we talk about her nightgown? Let's talk about the nightgown. Yes. So this nightgown is adorable. It is a white flannel with light blue stitching at the top with a little light blue coordinating bow and it is long sleeves of course in these cold winter times without a blanket <laughs> and you could also buy her little house coat and felt wool slippers that are either real or pretendly made by hand in Sweden I cannot tell <laughs> a line earlier a line earlier it says that her, that her house coat is lined with fabric that is made from one of mama's aprons so I can't tell if these descriptions are like accurate or if they're more editorialized like are these actually handmade in Sweden I don't know. yeah I've gonna go with no because like why would they put the attention to detail on just that one thing like that they're not even gonna make a lot of money on right like they're bending reality a little bit here and I just have something to say about the house coat go for it I don't like it and I feel like she wouldn't need to wear a house coat if she just had a blanket. Yeah, her, her house coat isn't keeping her warm. It's this red plaid-ish button-down oversized boxy dress. I don't even yeah. know how to describe it. It's like not, it's not cute. It's not the same length as the nightgown. If it was the same length as the nightgown, it would make it like a hundred times cuter. Yeah, I, I don't like it either, Laura. 
Yeah, I would never want know. this. It's a no. I kind of want to see what it looks like by itself without the nightgown under it, but like I think bad is the answer. We also have to point out that her hair is out of its braids and has a bit of frizz. Mm-hmm. And I I like that they realistically show what the hair will look like if you take it out of the braids and they're not really showing this with as much electric shock as her birthday party hair (laughs) but it's still fluffy like they're not showing it with like a blowout no agreed this is one of those things where I feel like American Girl showed the dolls with their hair not in its original style and the little kids of the world like me thought that it was fine for me to take the hair out of the original style and it would never return to the same condition. And I think like within moments of them taking out Kirsten's braids for this photo shoot, it like the hair just started to deteriorate. Just a little fluffy. All right. Well, shall we move on to Kirsten's little side outfits here? (laughs) So this is a very Swedish chic outfit. I would say it is a dirndl and kerchief set. And this is a red and blue striped skirt with a plaid lace-up vest that she wears over like an ivory muslin blouse with a bit of a puff sleeve. I think this is absolutely adorable. I love this outfit. I agree with you. I was just going to say, like, it's not my favorite of, like, you know, some of the outfits that are up there. But I feel like, you know, you are getting Kirsten for a reason. And you probably want, like, this vibe. And it's, like, right on point with the vibe. I didn't realize the skirt and the top vest part were not connected. But I kind of love that. Um And I think it's really, really cute. I think it's a great alternative to like her meat outfit, which, you know, is fine, but it's a lot. Um, This would be like just like a great like little second casual dress to put her in. Definitely. It's very, I think, realistic to her origin story back in Sweden. You could have a good little role play with that. I think this is a really cute outfit. Agreed. Now, the green dress, on the other hand, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't dislike it. I mean, again, I would love to see it on her. I don't feel like it's serving much of a purpose. However, I'm thinking about how it would look with these white and brown two-tone boots that they have placed alongside of the dress. And that's very cute. Those boots are chic. Yeah, I feel like this is another one of those outfits where, you know, if I had the full collection and I wanted to keep expanding it, like, yes, I will have Kirsten's work dress, but I wouldn't be seeking this out individually. No. It's this kind of like teal long dress with a bit of a ruffle on the sleeve and an ivory collar. And it's fine. In the description, it said she would wear this to help out with chores. She would wear this to milk the cow. And yeah, it's not necessarily my personal favorite, but it's it's cute. I do have to say, just looked up a picture of the doll wearing the dress and I'm actually smitten. Ooh. I'm going to send it to you, Lindsay, so you can see. But I absolutely love the way that they have it styled in this picture I found on Google, which is probably from like a newer catalog, but this is adorable on. I wish that they would have put it on her for the photo. Oh, this is really cute. Yeah. I take back everything I said about it that was (laughs) negative. 
I it's, fully agree. This is like a beautiful dress that looks a little bit timeless and like I can't imagine her doing chores in this necessarily, but this is like a beautiful alternative to her school outfit or I don't know, really could be interchangeable for a lot of her 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 big moments in her life. This and is really I, cute. I would add that I think it makes her eyes pop. <laughs> <laughs> It definitely does. <laughs> wow. I was not expecting to have my mind changed about this dress because it was so blah to me and I stand corrected. I'm so glad that we got some context for it. Do you think Felicity's work dress would have the same effect? Potentially it could. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at it now and it is a lot cuter on Felicity than it is on the page. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't do these dresses some justice by having the dolls wear them because it really makes a difference. I feel like it's a big selling point. Yeah, there are a lot of questionable choices with the American Girl vignettes. And this is just one little tiny example of best showcasing the outfits that are available. Yeah, I really feel like this has been a huge learning that pretty much everything that you put the doll in is probably going to be more popular than the things that you just like put off to the side like you're already basically saying that they're not worth your time by having them be like (laughs) shared on the bedroom page I still don't know about this house coat though no that like she's wearing it we've seen everything we need to see (laughs) (laughs) should we get into Addie Let's get into Addie. I'm really excited to go through Addie's because I feel like she has a lot of like very beautifully made furniture from what I can see here. Yeah, I feel like this is where it starts to get really good. Well, shall we describe what we see on the page here? Sure, go for it. All right, so they're calling her bed a rope bed. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but every piece of furniture in Addie's collection is like this beautiful medium wood, I would say. So her bed is like a very minimal, but like well-crafted light wood bed with a um, little rounded headboard and what looks like to be quite a comfy pillow and mattress, plus a beautiful quilt that... I think is one of the most charming pieces of American girl bedding I've seen so far. Mm, Agreed. So I think what the rope refers to is that the outer edge of the bed frame has a little rope detail. And I wonder if that's like underneath the mattress holding it up as well. Similar to like having like slats in a bed. Maybe it's like held up by the ropes. Oh yeah. They actually said that in the description that the mattress rests on ropes instead of springs. Mm. The bed's authentic fly-specked finish gives it a charming antique look. Wow, they really went went for authenticity on this. Truly, and I totally agree with you. I'm obsessed with this quilt, and I've been meaning to get into quilting for quite some time now through the pandemic. I haven't worked up my motivation to really get into it, but it's something that I aspire to do eventually, and... Mm. Addie's quilt is actually called a family album quilt. And as the description shares, it contains the faces, places, and everyday pleasures dear to the quilt maker's heart. So on this quilt, we see a family portrait, 
flowers, some birds, a home, and it's made of these really rich colors and it's absolutely adorable and everything that Kirsten's bed isn't. Yeah, this bed looks really inviting. I mean, the fact that it has a blanket sets it apart from Kirsten's already, but it just looks more like a normal bed, I guess I would say. Like the mattress looks very comfortable. The pillow looks very comfortable. Like I feel like with Kirsten's, it almost doesn't even look like a real bed. So I'm really liking what they did here. And I love that her trunk doesn't necessarily force you to put the bed and Addie inside of it either. Like it's just a trunk. Yes. So they have a trunk that's very similar wood stain to Addie's bed. And it even says that there's a secret compartment in the trunk to keep all of Addie's special treasures. So I'm not really sure what that means, but if anybody had this trunk, please let us know because I would be all over that as a kid. That's the biggest selling point about this trunk to me. Next, we have her adorable little bedside table. This is a really good compliment to her whole collection. And in the description, it shares that it has a mother goose book in hieroglyphics, which has the story in rebuses, so words and pictures. Laura, were you into rebuses growing up? No, I don't even know what that is. My dad is an orthodontist and has forever received a subscription to Highlights magazine, if you're familiar And that was like the place to find a rebus. So it's like a story that like integrates little pictures throughout it. So you kind of have to guess what the story says with little pictures integrated within it. Okay. I think I definitely remember that from Highlights Magazine. I just don't think I realized that that's what it was called. Very interesting. It's cute. I love everything about Addie's collection here. Me too, especially if we want to move over to her nightgown, which Mm -hmm. I would say like there's nothing overly fancy about this nightgown, but it's just so beautiful, clean and white. Um, It is flannel apparently, although to me it almost looks like it would be cotton, Um, but it apparently is trimmed in delicate lace and dotted with tiny white buttons. I just think that this nightgown looks just like so clean and bright. It's beautiful. I think this is definitely the best nightgown we've seen so far. Mm -hmm. It is just very flowy and everything you would want out of like a 19th century nightgown. It's very beautiful and sold separately are her slippers, which are real cute. And then her heart warmer, which I've never seen outside of Addie and American Girl, but it's a knit shawl that kind of drapes around her shoulders and crosses over in front with a little tie kind of around her heart, I guess. And this would keep you especially warm in the winter. And it's a really beautiful accessory. I think this just looks absolutely gorgeous, especially compared to her furniture and her bed and her quilt, like everything just coordinates so perfectly. Seriously, I this is definitely, I think, my favorite so far. And then we have her work dress and apron, which is absolutely adorable. She has this light blue cotton dress with a green plaid apron over it. Plus, it comes with these like mini clothespins. And I think this is by far the cutest work dress we have seen so far. I think it's so cute. I love the light green and blue color combo of the dress. 
I feel like it's just very sweet. I feel like it would look good without the apron on it too. And then I guess pivoting over to her second dress, we have her patriotic party dress. Now this is very special. It appears to be a red long sleeve dress that is trimmed with silver. And then it has a blue and white and silver shawl that goes over top of it. This is like giving me a little bit of like Molly's Miss Victory ensemble. Definitely. And on her little sash is a rosette with a small portrait of Abraham Lincoln. And this is a dress that her mom made for her to wear for the emancipation celebration. And it even comes with a mini Emancipation Proclamation document. Super tiny, but I'm really interested to reread Addie's series and see how they portrayed this through Addie's eyes. Yeah, I just went to go see what the dress looked like on. It's super cute. Um, I don't think I realized that there was a little Abraham Lincoln portrait in there. I feel like American Girl's attention to detail specifically uh, with this outfit is very impressive, personally. Mm -hmm. I agree. Everything is there. Well, all in all, I would say that this is one of my favorites, but also one that I don't think that I have, like, paid enough attention to overall. Like, I'm always, like, a diehard, uh, you know, opulence person when it comes to American Girl accessories but I think as an adult I can really appreciate like how just like sweet and wholesome a lot of Addie's furniture is compared to like the severeness of like a Felicity for example. Agreed this is a very solid collection and we have talked about this previously but Addie's collection overall is just hit after hit like a lot of our favorite American Girl's have a lot of misses in their collection you know they have some weird school dress or a really off-putting holiday gown Addie is consistently gorgeous in all of her clothing and accessories and furniture and this just underscores that fact a hundred percent next we have Samantha (laughs) oh this (laughs) like I'm I'm so excited (laughs) I feel like we could have an entire episode devoted to talking about Samantha's bedroom and specifically her bed, because here we are at the absolute queen of opulence. I think that her bed might be the single most iconic piece of furniture in the entire AG collection. Absolutely. So for those of you following along at home, or you just know because it's that iconic, We're talking about Samantha's brass bed, gold brass bed with the white fluffy comforter and pillow with the pink tufted ribbons on it. I just love this so much. And I also think it's crazy that for a mere $5 more than Kirsten's bed, you could fully upgrade your entire life. I think this bed is so special. Can I read the entire description in full? Like I feel like it's it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Samantha sleeps in a shiny brass plated bed. It's a four poster with a curvy Victorian headboard. Her soft white mattress is covered with a lace trimmed spread tufted with pink ribbons. Her fluffy pillow is edged in ruffles, lace and ribbons too. 
Ugh. I swear, whenever my husband and I finally buy a home with a guest room, I am going to recreate this bed. Like, imagine waking up here. This literally makes me want to go out and get, like, that one Ikea bed that I think we've all seen before. (laughs) That's, like, kind of a similar style to this that comes in, like, white or whatever. And just, like, have that be my bed. Because this is... Right? This is femininity and, like... If you are a girly girl, this is like girly girlness personified in a f- piece of furniture. This is Samantha personified in a piece of furniture. <laughs> it really is. I, I could not be more obsessed with this if I tried. I love everything about this bed. You could only have sweet dreams in this bed. That's the thing is like this bed, unlike Kirsten's and somewhat Felicity's, looks comfortable. Like it looks like you would just like throw yourself down on it. Now, is it proportionate? Not really, but it looks so comfortable. Right. And before we talk about her armor, trunk, whatever they're going to call it, let's first talk about her little bedside table and nighttime necessities. So here we have this little bedside table with white wood and brass accents and her nighttime necessities are a wizard of oz book and then they have this cute little pitcher and bowl which what did they use this for (laughs) is that for like brushing your teeth or washing your hands i think it's for like washing up at night so you would like yeah you would like pour that water in and like maybe like wash your face and hands with it not sure if like indoor plumbing was a thing at this time but i would assume Mm. for samantha yes Right. I would think Samantha would definitely have indoor plumbing at this time. I actually, now that I'm thinking back on it, like did fancy houses of like Felicity's day? Well, I guess I think I know the answer. So I think if you were like Felicity's family, I don't think you would like use an outhouse. I think you would have like your chamber pot and they would just like empty it, which is disgusting. I think... (laughs) At this time, indoor plumbing might have been a thing. Yeah. So I see here that until the 1840s, indoor plumbing only existed in rich people's homes. And this is quite interesting. My husband and I are on the hunt for a Victorian home. And we've seen a lot so far. And it's always interesting to see the bathrooms in these homes, which are usually pretty small. Like even if the house is on larger side, the bathroom will always be subpar and like teeny tiny, like not luxurious in any way. And also the closet size of these Victorian homes, like nine times out of 10, there'll be either no closet space or like very limited. It's very rare that we go into a home that we're looking at and there'll be like ample room in the closets. Yeah, speaking from the perspective of someone who grew up in a home that was built in 1904, the year that Samantha's (laughs) story takes place, I can tell you that we only had one bathroom growing up for like the entire house, which was like not a big house, but four bedrooms. So you have to assume that like at least four people are going to live there. So our one bathroom is pretty small, and then all of our bedrooms only two out of the four have closets. So we have to have like armoires in the other rooms. It's very, I feel like 
to speak to what you're talking about, like not, it doesn't seem practical for today. Yeah. It's really, really interesting to see like the home trends and functionality is through the years, especially with older homes. Absolutely. Yeah. Then we go into the trunk, which to me is so unremarkable and it is $175. And for what? For what? <laughs> exactly. This to me seems like it should be in the middle pages of the catalog where they are selling you the skincare and hair care sets, telling you about the doll hospital. This trunk does not match anything about Samantha's vibe at all. It no. is a trunk with a couple drawers and hangers with a strap at the top to carry it. And to me, this just seems so out of place. Yeah, like it's not an abrupt departure, but it it doesn't really seem to have the same level of thought put into it as the other pieces. Right, like coming from Felicity's armoire or even the trunks of Kirsten and Addie, like why didn't Samantha have a beautiful light wood armoire that matched her bedside table? This just seems like... I don't want to say afterthought, but kind of, I guess she can't always be perfect. (laughs) I kind of feel like Samantha would have maybe had like a vanity or something. Oh, definitely. I think it was like a missed opportunity to not give her like a little vanity chair and mirror and like drawer set. Fully agreed with that. You're so right. Like this just seems so misplaced. Like it should be just an option that you would get you know, as part of the Pleasant Company offerings and not for Samantha, our queen. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not doing much for me. It's not inspiring me to want to purchase it. It's my least favorite thing on the page. I guess there's always that one thing, like in her birthday collection, when there's that like random stroller for her bear, but it's like kind of putting in like yeah. the maroon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, get out of here. You're ruining the scene. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's talk about her nightgown because this is by far the best nightgown, I think, in the entire collection. Yes. This nightgown is the standard by which all nightgowns are made. So this is a long white gown with a ruffled neck and pink ribbons that go uh, from her shoulders downwards. Is that accurate? It's like real, real little on the page. Um. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Samantha wears flowing white gown trimmed with lace and pink ribbons. Fine lace forms the wide shoulder ruffles and edges the neck. So it's got a nice puffy sleeve situation going on too. I love the descriptions of everything in Samantha's collection. It's just all so opulent. Seriously, they knew exactly what they were doing with this collection and the descriptions are fit to match. Right? Like, I'm sure this neck would actually be really uncomfortable to wear, but on Samantha, I just love the vibe. Exactly. And I feel like they really also are doing something with her little bathrobe here, which um they're calling it Japanese kimono inspired not really sure how much that holds up today Mm -hmm. um so we'll take that with a grain of salt but it's edged in ivory satin um and it's like a bright pink it's like a surprisingly bright pink but not off-putting and she has those little crocheted white slippers with pink ribbons Ah, I absolutely 
adore these crocheted slippers. They are so cute. Like everything just matches so perfectly in her entire bedroom collection. There are a couple pieces that are a little off in this, like the armoire, her play dress and pinafore don't match quite as perfectly, but everything else is this beautiful motif of pink and white, which uh, if you follow me on Instagram, on my personal IG, you'll see I'm really into. Speaking of the play dress and pinafore, this seems to be following the same theme we've been seeing like throughout the entire bedroom collection where they seem to take the opportunity to give us like an almost like scrappier outfit and then like a nice outfit. So she's got her play dress and pinafore and then she's got her tea dress. I love that every other doll has a work dress, but Samantha has a play dress. Right, because how could she ever work? <laughs> now, so her- even though it doesn't match with the vibe, I do think it's cute. It is so cute. So it's a blue dress that looks about mid-length and has kind of like a white, they call it a window pan check. And it comes with a matching hair bow and socks. And I just love the pinafore so much. I feel like I missed out on being born into an era like where you would wear a pinafore and a petticoat. Like that to me just seems like the height of childhood fashion. It's really cute and contrary to like some of the other outfits where we see a pinafore. um, I think that this one adds to the (laughs) outfit instead of taking away. Seriously. And kind of on that note of pinafores, like how much my love kind of extended from American Girl and like the kind of fantasy and dress up that we have definitely talked about on this podcast. Like this is such like a memorable moment in my childhood, but growing up, my ballet studio performed the Nutcracker each year and I played so many roles over the years from an angel to a rat, a Polchanel, which my ballet girlies will know, um, just kind of like the clown. <laughs> oh, I remember. Act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a snowflake, but there was always one role that I coveted for just the costume alone. And that was to play a little girl in the party scene. And I played a boy two years in a row. And I oh. remember. I remember being really miffed about it and I had to wear like these brown trousers with this ruffly shirt under a pretty like drab brown vest and I had to wear brown lipstick with my hair slicked back while my other friends who were cast as the girls got to wear these really decadent dresses that were velvet and like plaid taffeta in these rich Christmas colors. So like the forest greens and the deep reds and they were all like trimmed with gold ribbon and they got to have their hair curled and a face full of makeup that wasn't browns. (laughs) And they wore petticoats and pantalettes, like these little kind of pants with ruffles that peeked out under the dress. And I was just this little lad who was so jealous. Like I had fun, but I really aspired for more. And this Samantha, like her, all of her wardrobe just kind of brings me back to those days of like really wanting 
to have this in my life in some capacity, even just dressing up in a dance performance of the Nutcracker. And I, I never got it. Totally. I, I remember like doing different dance and theater productions throughout my life. And like that, like sad realization when you realize that you're going to get like the worst costume out of all of them. And I think that that's the thing about American Girl and like Samantha in particular is like, you want that little bit of like escapism. Um, Mm -hmm. You want to be able to, you know, experience like that, like luxury of wearing like the prettiest dress that totally resonates with me. I think Samantha's like the key time period too, to be like exploring these things. Like if we go into her tea dress, which is actually something I owned, um, and it's random because it was sort of off to the side here. I don't know who got this for me, but the tea dress is a beautiful white lace trim dress with pink ribbon details at the waist, the collar and the sleeves. And it has this like beautiful, like extra large collar detail that looks like it's detachable. I'm so curious what it looks like when it is detached. I feel like the outfit would look completely different without this. I don't recall ever detaching it, but perhaps I did. And the best part about this outfit is that it comes with a matching bow and Samantha's white party slippers, which are these gorgeous little white patent leather slippers with pink bows that tie the whole outfit together. These are the infamous white party slippers. Right, exactly. Like if you are a Samantha diehard, you know that she's not supposed to be wearing her black Mary Janes with her birthday outfit. She should be wearing these white party slippers because they go perfectly. (laughs) Every single time I see that party scene, Paige, I cannot stop focusing in on how awful her black Mary Janes look when she should be wearing those white party slippers it's just not right like they didn't have to do that they They, didn't they had everything (laughs) they needed to make it look better (laughs) well anything else to say about samantha i mean i think we just both know that this is like a very formidable collection for both of us it's impossible to really outdo this we could only go down from here with anyone to follow samantha However, and we will. <laughs> up, next, up next is Molly, unfortunately. It's like, eh, of course, her collection isn't going to compare to Samantha's, but it is an extremely hard act to follow. But here we are. So it's loud, I would say, like right off the bat, I'm going to just say it's loud. It's like very monochromatic and color blocked. Um, Yeah, it doesn't have that like quiet elegance of some of the other ones. It definitely doesn't. And we go through Molly's set of furniture on a future episode. Actually, we go through the entire Molly collection on a future episode we recorded with Julia Talisman in very great detail. But Laura, let's go over this now. So she has a red upholstered bed with a matching corduroy bedspread and a red and white striped pillow. And overall, this is very meh to me. This bed is coming in at $40, which is the least expensive in the entire AG collection. And I think this is for good reason. 
this is very unappealing compared to pretty much every other bed, I would say. Yeah, corduroy does not appeal to me. Um, This bed, similarly to Felicity's bed, actually, is giving, like, hard corner, and I don't love that. (laughs) Um, It doesn't look particularly comfortable. And and it it doesn't even look like it could fit her. Like, another unproportioned bed. It looks like, honestly, like, everything in Molly's room looks like a toy. Agreed. It is not like the shrunken down fine craftsmanship furniture that we see in pretty much every other collection. Definitely not like pleasant company standard. No, if we look at her nightstand here, especially like it says that it's, um, it doesn't actually say what it's made out of, but Oh no, wooden nightstand is painted bright white with cherry red accents. So allegedly it's wooden, but to me, it looks like it's plastic. And maybe like the knob is throwing me off or like the draw pole, which mm. is this bright red three layer pole that matches the legs of the nightstand, but it just looks so cheap. It's giving like very toy vibes. Like I said, like, it's just not looking like a real piece of furniture. Right. And the accessories that she has for bedtime are her little lamp, which really works which I guess is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then she has a Nancy Drew book and a hot water bottle. And it's like, when did the heating issues end with American Girl? I, Everyone I, has an issue. <laughs> I do love that she has a Nancy Drew book. I am a diehard Nancy Drew fan. And recently when I was home, I revisited my Nancy Drew collection. But with that being said, it's not enough to redeem the entire room's worth of furniture. (laughs) The hot water bottle to me is like giving like period cramps. I'm sorry. Like (laughs) what an unglamorous accessory. I know. I feel like it's not even like just period cramps. It's like the 1940s period cramps. (laughs) Very basic utilitarian. Ugh, I don't know. Gross. Unglamorous. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> and then we have another Samantha-like trunk, which again, I think goes in those middle pages of the catalog. Just give Molly a real dresser. Like this has a star pattern on the inside. So it's a white trunk with red stars inside. It has a little mirror, has some hangers. Now that I'm reading the description, it says that it is a glamorous but sturdy version of the footlocker sailors used during World War II. It's made of wood covered in white metal. So I guess there is some historic background-ish on it, but like, I don't know. If you're going to have a, a trunk like that, maybe flip it to the side and say that it is a trunk that sailors used to take. I feel like putting it vertically... just makes it seem super functional and not like a high quality piece of furniture. Yeah. And it also is $150 again for what? Ah, it's too expensive. It says Molly fits right inside the trunk. So you could keep her safe made to last a lifetime. Now the one place where for me, it doesn't completely fall apart is her pajama set. So Mm -hmm. Molly's pajama set is a silk red and white stripe, um, kind of like, I don't know, very like modern looking, I would say like something that you could like find at Target today. 
So all in all, not cute. Although just as I'm reading this, I see that it has a, the pajamas have a matching belt and that might actually make me turn on these pajamas. I um, love the belt. It's tied like a little bow at the, at the waist <laughs> and it is so adorable. I don't know how I feel about that, but I like the pattern. I think it's actually really cute. If her entire backdrop wasn't red, I would say like very cute. <laughs> um, and then she has her robe, which is like a navy blue with like a little nautical print. And they make a very special point to note plenty of bright red piping. Um, and I do think her little fuzzy red slippers that go with this whole ensemble are also kind of cute. They're pretty fun. I mean, the outfit as a whole is pretty cute. This is the first like pants set that we've seen in AG and I guess it's more modern and it's cute. Like it's not my favorite look, but it is very sweet and wearable and, I really like her robe. I don't love the rope tie necessarily. I feel like that doesn't add to like any cozy vibes, but overall it's pretty adorable. Yeah. I would, I would say this is like the best part of the entire scene. I hate in the description that it says that you can slip on her, her furry fuzzy wuzzies to keep her tootsies toasty. I hate that. I hate anything that calls like any reference to feet tootsies yeah very very precious way of describing them all together it makes my skin crawl okay well lastly we have molly's two little side outfits here um and i will just not sugarcoat things and say these are two of my least favorite ensembles i feel like i don't even want to talk about the halloween costume because it's very cultural appropriation-y it's like Mm. a hula skirt with a red sweater which sure um so I feel like I want to focus more on the um after school outfit as they're calling it because now we have like an American girl that's in a traditional school setting so we're we've moved on from work and play to after school (laughs) Lindsay do you want to describe what this outfit looks like totally so I fully agree with you this is by far the least appealing outfit in the entire AG catalog to me. It is a black and white and red flannel shirt tucked into these uh, dark denim or corduroy pants that look abnormally high-waisted, especially compared to Molly, who is standing right next to it. (laughs) True. Um, This is an outfit that it says she might wear when she is tending her victory garden or collecting bottle caps for the lend-a-hand contest. And this to me is so unappealing. Um, You know, out of context, I guess this isn't awful. Like if you saw someone wearing this on the street, I wouldn't think twice about it, but I have a really hard time believing that a young girl would choose this for her doll I did look up a picture of the Molly doll wearing this outfit because again like many of these little side outfits I don't really have a memory of any of them on an actual doll and it doesn't look good you're right about the pants they're like way abnormally high-waisted the cutest way I've seen it styled is with the shirt actually untucked 
So that is somewhat redeeming, but I feel like the pants would be cute if they just were like with like a little white shirt or something. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of what this looks like on end. I'm seeing a picture right now where her hair is in braids. She's wearing roller skates. Her arms are kind of flailing. And this just looks so unenticing to me. Yeah, I don't think. And I'm not just like that. I had my tomboy moments as a kid. Like I think that that's the vibe that this is going for. But it almost has nothing to do with that. Like the vibe could be tomboy without being this outfit. Right. Fully agreed. I think this would be cuter with like a white shirt, something a little bit more basic and maybe like a couple inches proportionately down uh, with the high waist. Though I do love a high waist. Yeah. It just looks very strange on a doll. I think that it also could have been cuter if the pants were like cropped in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are like full on bootleg. I don't like it. I don't like it at all, Laura. I don't like it either. And I hate that we are ending it on that note, but that's the last one they gave us. I mean, I think for me, my favorite is obviously Samantha, but Addie, I've learned with this go round was a close second. Let's rank these from favorite to least. Who do you think had the best bedroom collection? Samantha. And then, yeah, like I would say there was one thing that I didn't like, which was the trunk, but like, I almost don't even consider that to be part of the collection. The bed outweighs absolutely anything on that page, including Mm -hmm. the trunk. It could be like all misses aside from that bed. And I would still say Samantha has the best collection. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Who would you say is your second? My second would definitely be Addie. Okay. Same. And then I would go Kirsten. Okay, I think I would go Felicity just because I felt like her vibe was a little more like Lux than Kirsten's. Yeah, fair enough. I liked Kirsten's minimalist aesthetic. I probably would have asked for it if I had Kirsten and was really into her. Yeah, there were some charming things about it for sure. Definitely. And then for me, it's Felicity. Okay, you know, I, I did have Felicity. I did not want anything to do with her bedroom collection. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's fine. I can appreciate the detail of it all, but I can't say I would have wanted it and I still don't want it now. But I do love Elizabeth Cole's bedding set. Yeah, it changed the whole vibe up. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say for me, it goes Felicity then Kirsten. So we're basically just switched in that regard. But I think we all know <laughs> who last place goes to. Sorry, Molly. And Sorry. <laughs> again, in a couple episodes, we go in a way deeper dive to talk about Molly and her entire AG collection from her meat dress to her birthday party scene to her bedroom set so stay on the lookout for that in a couple weeks yes for sure I'm not saying that we throw her any bones with regards to anything else in her collection but we definitely get into it more in depth (laughs) poor Molly and Laura I have to mention that I was home this weekend and I was with my mom and I asked her a bit more info on why I chose Felicity and again I've mentioned this a couple times on the podcast I had glasses growing up 
from maybe when I was three years old up until I got contacts in the fourth grade. And my mom, I have it on video, which I sent to you when I had asked her why I chose Felicity. She first prefaced it with saying that she was trying to get me into Molly at first because we both had glasses, but I was having none of it. So I was always about Felicity and Molly was just never anyone I had any interest in, unfortunately. I really like as an adult, if someone told me like, I can see why Molly is interesting. Like I could almost get it because of like the World War II backstory is interesting and whatnot. But as a kid, when you're like so just like tuned in to like the bare like essentials, like you don't really think things through. I just can't see why anybody was into Molly. I mean, like everything about her is like less desirable than any of the other dolls. We're going to have a Molly gal on our podcast who could defend her. I'm excited for us to talk to one of our eventual guests who actually looked like Molly as a kid, because I feel like she's going to give a interesting perspective to what it was like looking like Molly and also embracing that aspect of Molly. Yes, definitely. Well, Laura, this was so fun to look at everyone's bedroom sets and nightgowns and work dresses, party dresses, play dresses, all of the kind of secondary dresses that we don't see at the forefront dedicated to their own pages. And I cannot wait to go further into the catalog with you. This is kind of our origin story of the podcast to talk at length about this catalog. Yes, I'm really excited to go through a couple different other catalog categories together um, because I think it's really going to bring some memories to life for our listeners and get them really invested in their American Girl memories. So can't wait. But I guess until next time, Lindsay and Laura signing off. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.